now. Now, if God said that once, we might consider that a suggestion, right? This situation, this, these parameters, I want you to take this now. Well, I'm going to share with you in a minute some things that he said about now. And then I challenge you just to look up the word now in the New Testament. And I don't think you have any clue how many verses there are that talk about now. Not presently, not soon, not tomorrow, not next week, now. And where do you live? Mulling over your past? Daydreaming about some future that you'll never have? Pouting about the, the moment that you do have? Can you actually tell me you're living in the now things? Living. Are you existing? Are you getting by? Because if you're living, wouldn't you have a solid foundation? There'd be nothing to knock you off course. Nothing that could take your momentum away from you. And you don't got to be running at Mach 3. You got to just be one step in front of the other. Old bull. Walking down the damn hill. We're going down and we're going to take this. Our God is faithful. But do you live like you have a faithful God? God's command is take now, not presently. It is extraordinarily how we debate. How we want to negotiate or argue. We know a thing is right. We try to find excuses for not doing it at once. Gosh, isn't that just exactly what I'm talking about? To climb the height God shows can never be done presently. It must be done right now. The sacrifice has gone through in the will long before it is ever performed actually. You've got to make your decision. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Period. I'm called according to your purpose. None of my own. No agendas, no life, no nothing of my own. Your will be done. And then you might stand back and shock it off of just in his will. What's he got set aside for you? But you're never going to find out until you commit yourself to it. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, went to the place which God had told him. The wonderful simplicity of Abraham. When God spoke, he did not confer with flesh and blood. For example, his, his own sympathies or your own insight, anything that is not based on your personal relationship to God. He didn't get caught up in any of his selfish thinking or selfish ways. These are the things that compete and hinder obedience to God. Hmm. Might want pencil in their shit sandwiches. <laughs> Abraham did not choose to the sacrifice. Always guard against self-chosen service for God. Self-sacrifice may be a disease. If God has made your cup sweet, drink it with the grace of God. If he has made your cup bitter, drink it with communion with him. If the providential order of God for you is a hard time of difficulty, go through with it, but never choose the scene of your own martyrdom. 
God chose the crucible for Abraham. And Abraham made no demur. Didn't argue, didn't negotiate. He went steadily through. If you're not living in touch with God, with him, it's easy to pass a crude verdict on God. You must go through the crucible before you have any right to pronounce a verdict. Because in the crucible you learn to know God way better. God is working for his highest ends until his purpose and man's purpose become one. Romans. I felt guilty of this blue. This Romans this week. Didn't have one here, so that. Romans chapter three, verse twenty-one. Now the righteousness of God without the law is being manifest or made obvious, revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, Christ's faith, unto all and upon all of them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, means you're all become sinners, but now that's been redeemed. The redemption, it's been redeemed, it doesn't exist anymore. Justified freely by the grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Wouldn't that be something, huh? Romans 5, verse 8. But God commends his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now being justified by his blood, we should be saved from the wrath through him. What? All the stuff that would have caused the wrath to come down upon us is gone. So if you'll live like it's gone, it's been redeemed, it's paid for, if you'll live like you're a fresh new person here today, you have no worries. So what are you doing with your time? Much more than now being justified by his blood, we should be saved from the wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received that atonement, that redemption, that cleaning up. Chapter 6, verse 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace has to abound? God forbid. Don't let that happen, he says. How shall we that are dead to sin? What are we? Dead, dead. dead to sin. Dead. No, come on. Well, we, you want to be dead, right? Because you're not dead yet. Right? Because you're still doing all your stupid shit, right? So you can't be dead to it. You're supposed to be, but you're not. 
Doesn't exist anymore. Has no power, no, no place, no, no influence on my life whatsoever. Unless I'm practicing the bullshit still, right? Dead to sin. Then how and why should I live any longer as if I am still in my sin? Know you not that so many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we're buried with him by the baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in a newness of life. Wouldn't that be something? Walking in a life that says, I got no sin in my past no more. Why? My past don't exist no more. It's over. If you're brand new today, what past you got? For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, dead, killed, that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed. Destroyed. Key word was might. Because you haven't let it be destroyed. Might be destroyed. That henceforth from now on we would not serve that old nature. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. What did I tell you our job was to do today? Believe. Well if we are dead, then we believe we can live with him. I guess you're not dead to your sin yet. It's still pumping through your veins for whatever reason. Knowing again that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For that he died, he died into sin one time. It was over. But in that he lives, he lives every day and every minute of every day unto God. Likewise, reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Get your, get your head right. Dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to be used by God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, has no power over you at all. For you're not under the law, but you're under the divine influence of the grace of God that by his death and by his resurrection, this has all been dealt with. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, don't do it. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you're obeying. Whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, but God be thanked that we were servants of sin. But you've obeyed from the heart 
the form of doctrine that was delivered to you. So I'm looking for your heart to start listening. Seems like you've been doing too much in your head. Being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. You should be serving what's right with God. Want something to do? Maybe change your emotions. You're not doing the same stupid shit you've been doing. Maybe I'll start serving things that were right with God. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, your weaknesses. For you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, to iniquity, and to iniquity. But now, even so, yield your members' servants to righteousness and to holiness. Make a different choice. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit you had in those things, though, you're now ashamed. For the end of those things is what? Death. death. So keep serving that crap and live death. See how that turns out well for you. But now being made free from sin, made free from it, means it doesn't have any place in your life any longer. And have become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness. And the end is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God has been eternal life. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. Starting with 4, sorry. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, <coughs> even to him who raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God, because we've been betrothed to Christ at the marriage supper, right? Yes. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from that law. And being dead, wherein we were held, we should serve the newness of spirit and not the oldness of the letter. Look at verse 17. Now then, it's no more I that do it. Because you've been made clean. It's a sin that's dwelling in you. That's been dead. And supposed to have been washed away. So the only thing that's causing it is because you haven't determined to get rid of it yet. So it's not you doing it. It's the same stupid old echoes fucking your life up. Right? Well, he's saying you can be dead to it and get it gone. So it doesn't have any right to fuck you up no more. God, wouldn't that be nice? What would that life, what would that life look like? Interesting, huh? Chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after that flesh, but after the Spirit. So I guess you got to choose you're going to walk after the flesh or not. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through our flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned that sin in the flesh. He killed it once and for all. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. 
But they, they're after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hmm. Life and peace. What, wonder, what that, wonder what that looks like. Because the carnal mind is at odds, enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, that just kind of fucks your game. I've done it. There's nothing you can do to please Him. Because you won't let go of your flesh. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, that the Spirit of God is able to dwell in you. He's trying. He's trying to dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, you don't need to worry about it. You're none of his anyway. Your destination's already been determined. And if Christ be in you, though, the body is dead because of the sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that dwells in you. He'll fix it if you'll get rid of the shit. But that's up to you. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purposes. Well, I'm pretty sure I just read you His purpose. And you know how many of you are doing that? Not very many. You're still living according to yours. You're trying to figure out a way that you can, you can somehow beat your flesh. How you can beat this old nature instead of doing what he says to do. So, y'all dumb enough to do that? Be dumb enough to keep doing it. But you're the one that's going to have to answer for this one day. Because I'm going to make damn sure you're told. It sickens me that I can sit and have this and it won't be but 30 minutes from now, we'll sit on that table, and you all forgotten all about this, and right back into your bullshit. Because you don't have it in you that you need to change. You think this beautiful little life that we have right here is, is heaven. This is, this is what you need. This is all that really matters. What's it look like when this is gone? What are you going to do when this is gone? You got any plans in your life? Do you have any idea what, what you'd like to see happen? Or are you just, you're just going to keep fucking up? And I guess you'll figure it out when you get there, right? Because then you'll be ready. You're under a tutor today to teach you, the scripture says. And you ain't listening. So when the tutor's gone, who are you going to listen to then? By that time, I'm not so sure God will even listen to you. Because he'll have put everything he can in me to give to you. Might want to take consideration. But the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm sorry, wrong verse. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. He foreknew you and he predestinated you. Why are you kicking against pricks? That you, he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Meaning he wants to be firstborn, he wants you to be born too into this. He wants to be the firstborn, but he wants you to follow. So he's giving you all these chances to follow. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, he also glorified. Past tense. You already got a citizenship in heaven with your name on it. What are you doing with it? Somebody know that think there's a get out of jail free card that he can't blot your name out, same way he wrote it in? Bet me. Scripture says, you fuck this up, he'll blot your name out and it'll be over. And you want to keep fucking around. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, then who can really ever be against us, right? Chapter 13. Verse 11. And then knowing the time, that now it's high time. Remember, we've got a supreme climb going on here, right? Yeah. Knowing the time, knowing what's going on, it's high time to awake out of this sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed, if you've believed at all. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not rioting, drunkenness, not unchambering, wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put on the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh. Make not provision for your sins to fulfill the lust thereof. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 9. But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Call according to his purpose, but love them. Love him, right? But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. <coughs> for what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not a spirit of the world. We've received the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. In other words, your sins have been removed. You ought to freely know that because he's made it very, very clear repeatedly in here. Which things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen. But the natural man receives not these things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I didn't put a sticky note there. How about that? Verse 12, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. Is your conscience clear? Your testimony ought to be that of a clear conscience, that you know you're right with God, and you're making sure you don't follow any of this old nature. Is your testimony that your conscience is clear? That you're no longer wrapped up in a shit, it's over, it's done, it no longer has any power. Or your, your conscience still say, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to, trying to do better. 
Is your conscience clear or not? Mine is. That in simplicity and godly sincerity, now with your fleshly wisdom, that by the grace of God we've had our conduct in the world, and more abundantly to you. For we write none of the things unto you that then you've read and acknowledged, I trust you shall continue to acknowledge even to the end. As also you've acknowledged us, in part that we are your rejoicing even as you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come to you before that you might have a second benefit. And pass of you to Macedonia to come again out of Macedonia unto you. That of you we brought at my way towards Judea. When I was therefore thus minded, did I use some kind of lightness? Or the things that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh? That with me there should be a yes and a no? But as God is true, our word towards you is not yes and no. For the God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me, so Silvanus and Timothy was not yes and no, but was in him yes and then yes and amen. For all the promises of God are yes, and in God are, let it be so, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And he which establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us for this prospect of life as God, who also has sealed us and given us the earnest of his spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul, that to spare you I came not as unto Corinth, not for you that you might have domination over your faith, but that I might be a helper of your joy, because it's going to be by your faith that you're going to stand. Not by things I say or do, but by <coughs> your faith. Galatians. Chapter 2. Verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works <coughs> of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have a belief in Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. So, and it's real crazy. All the sin is gone, canceled out, redeemed over, and all you got to do is live by the faith of Christ because your faith sucks. You keep telling me you can't. You keep giving me excuses. Well, the faith of Christ didn't fail. The faith of Christ completed the mission. And that same faith is been put in you, why are you not reasoning with it? Instead of reasoning with your own head, your own wisdom. Why are you trying to get out of this hole you're in? By figuring it out. When the faith of Christ has already got you out. Already delivered you. And not by the works of the law. For the works of the law shall no flesh ever be justified. You can't get out of your mess. Can't. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, is Christ the minister of sin? Nope. God forbid. If I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. I go back to my bullshit, it's your fault, right? Your fault for doing that. For there is the law, I'm dead. To the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I still live. Not I, though. Christ lives in me. And the life in which I now live in this flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me, and I am not going to frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain, and he's not dead in vain. Somehow you could have done this on your own. You wouldn't need Christ. Galatians 4, verse 8. Howbeit then, when we knew not God, you did serve us unto them by which nature were are no gods. But now, when? Now. Now, that means I turn now. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how do you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements where do you desire again to be back in bondage? How are you going back to that weak shit? You like bondage? Somehow, you observe days and months, times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest somehow or another I've bestowed upon my labor you in vain to no avail. Galatians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us? Guess what? I might want to figure out whether he blessed you or not. Blessed some of us anyway. With all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in our love of God, our love of the Lord. Having predestined us under the adoption of children by Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. His will being done, not ours. To the praise of the glory of his grace, where he has made us accepted in the blood. So, he's made you accepted. How are you fucking that up? So now you're not just, just doing you. You're actually doing you in, a, in an offensive move against Christ. You're actively destroying what he has done for you. Not from a defensive posture, from an offensive posture. You're attacking what he has done while you're bullshit. So you can continue in your shit. And you don't feel so bad about your shit because you've learned to deal with it. Well, I tell you what, I don't know how eternity's going to look in hell, but it might, have a, it might be a bitch to deal with it for that long, knowing that you failed miserably getting where you thought you wanted to go. You didn't take serious heaven and hell. You didn't take serious eternity. In whom we have redemption Redeemed, right? Through his blood. So all the sins are gone. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, divine influence, wherein he is, abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So we have no excuse because we have his wisdom and prudence to know that he's done this for us. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, 
according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things that are going to be in Christ. Both which are in heaven and on earth, even in him. Whom also we've obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Hmm. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first or finally trusted in Christ. And whom you also are half going to have to come to trust, right? Yes. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. I preach the gospel to you every chance I get. You haven't found yourself uh, connected to it in a way of salvation yet, though, right? Because you keep doing the same stupid shit. So salvation doesn't mean that. It's not, not important. You live in your life every day is all important. As long as you get up and you, you've got a car to drive and some clothes to put on, some food to eat in your belly, you're good. It might be a little more, more uh, painful than that if you don't figure this out. In whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Once you finally decide to believe, you'll be sealed with the promise so that you don't make these stupid mistakes any longer. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession upon the praise of his glory. Ephesians 3, verse 8. So unto me, whom less than the least of all the saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Everyone in the world, I'm going to teach you about the unsearchable riches of Christ. To make all men see what <laughs> is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, who created all things by Christ, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers of heavenly places might be known by the church what the manifold wisdom of God really is. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, that he would bring you to the expected end. It's his purpose. In whom we have a boldness and access by confidence by the faith of Christ. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at the tribulations, which is all for your glory. Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as the children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship whatsoever with the unfruitful works of darkness, which you can't seem to get rid of, but rather reprove them. Rebuke them and knock them down, get them out, and get them away from you. For to shame even to speak of those things which are done of those that do these things in secret. But all things are reproved or made obvious by the light. For whatsoever does make obvious or manifest is the light. So therefore he says, awake you that sleep. Arise from the dead and let Christ give you this light. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 21. And you 
that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind because of your wicked works. He's reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He fixed you for his own good. If you continue in a faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you've heard, which is preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereby Paul made a minister. So he wants to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight, if you'll listen. Maybe not. Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 8. So be you not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Let God take you through what he needs to take you through to get you there. Amen. Who has saved us and called us, saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and his divine influence, his grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world even began. But it's now made manifest or obvious by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So he's abolished death. You don't have any reason to have to die unless you don't want to listen. You want to keep doing things your way. Turn with me to First Peter. <coughs> One. Verse three. It was back like the other one. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope. In other words, we've been born again into this new, new opportunity. Why are we living the old life? Why are we allowing any of the old shit everywhere? We're born again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven just for you, Amen. who are kept by the power of God through faith unto that salvation that doesn't seem important to you, ready to be revealed in this last time wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a season, if need be, you are in some heaviness through some manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found to the praise and the honor and the glory at the appearing of Jesus, whom, having not seen, you love, and whom, though now you still see him not, you believe. You rejoice with a joy that's unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Searching out, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. I'm sorry, Mr. Verse. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, would have testified beforehand about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. 
unto whom it was revealed that not to themselves, but unto us, they did minister these things, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with a Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things even the angels desire to look into. That makes me happy. The angels at least want to know what I've got, what I got to say. Even you dummies don't want to know. Second, First Peter chapter two, verse four. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, a, to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable unto God by Christ. Wherefore also is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, <coughs> elect and precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he's precious. But unto you, to them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. The stone of stumbling and rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You should show this life of Christ, not what you show. Dearly beloved, I beg you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from your fleshly lusts, which war against your soul, having your conduct honest among the people of the world, that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God the day of visitation, because of your good works, even if you don't make it. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be actually called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in himself purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away these sins, and in him there isn't any. So when you're in Christ, they're gone. Whosoever abides in him then sins not. God, that's so simple. Whoever sins obviously has never seen him, neither has even known him, which is my concern. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he was righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So you have, have a free ticket to come home. Whosoever is born of God 
does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. God, that just eliminates your bullshit, doesn't it? In this, the little children of God are manifest or revealed, made obvious, and also the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither is he that doesn't love his brother. You know, what I love about God is he brings a message and he makes it so stinking crystal clear and he repeats himself so many times in so many different ways, you have no excuses. So, I look at the bullshit excuses you have and realize they're bullshit excuses. I look at the life that, that you're living or dying, because there's no life to it, it's just death, and, and I look at what you call life and I wonder sometimes if you're really that stupid, can you really be that ignorant that what you have, you're calling life, and there isn't any life to it? I mean, the, if I were to have the life of Christ, I could ask you, what, what's, you know, what's your destination? Where are you going from here? And you'd have an answer for me. Whatever God says, all I know is I want to go with him. No, you don't, you don't have an answer. You don't even know who you're going to be when you grow up because you don't have any idea about how to get out of the mess you're in right now? Well, it's because you can't seem to get into your head that this sinful nature you've had for so long that you've allowed to, to dominate you for so long has been completely redeemed by God. So this is strictly your choice. So no one feels sorry for you. No one can say, oh, poor you. you know, you're under such pressure. You're, you're under such attack. You're not under attack. You're just full of shit. And I'm sorry, I'm not really interested in telling a bunch of people full of shit tell me about how, you know, they're, they're struggling or they're trying or they're going to get this right. Because um, I don't see anything right in what you're doing. We sit down in here tonight, the first 10 minutes, we all laugh and chuckle about how, how the Holy Spirit and me, don't worry about it, about this room being chilly in a minute, it won't be, it'll be burning hot. And, I and then I wonder, you know, you, you know that to be true. So is it, is it good enough for you as long as I have it? Then you don't need it? Is that it? But somehow or another, you think that when, when God comes down and swoops me up, maybe maybe I'll be alive. He's going to come pick me up in a horse and chariot. I'd like to see that, right? You don't get to go. Unless you're doing what you're supposed to do. Unless you're right with him the way you're supposed to be right. If you're still acting out on your sins and your thoughts and your lusts and all the bullshit, where is it you think you're going? And I'm sure you probably think, well, I'm young. i got all the time in the world. Oh, okay. I'm going to be 62 in a couple of days. And I was 40 years old before I really got a handle on it. But I was 22 when I figured this out. And I didn't have a good teach me, so I, I had to go out there and learn a lot of things by trial and error. And I'm the guy that goes out and learns things by trial and error. I don't sit around with my hands and try to pretend I'm good and play make-believe. I went out and tried as many things. I could try to find out what was going on. And each time I would, God would let me know. Long and short, that wasn't the right thing. Let me have lots of experiences. Then when he finally decided to get a hold of me and decided, you, you're the kind of Christian man a good Christian woman would want to be around. I decided, well, no, I'm not. So I probably need to do some work on that. And I went to work on that. 
And I've been working on it ever since. And you know what he's been doing ever since? Revealing and revealing and revealing newer, deeper, more intimate information, greater you know, perspective on gifts, greater ways of helping people. And what are you doing with the gift that he's given me? You think you got, I mean, you, th you think about this. I, I, got, I got this right in 1995. Okay, it's 2020. It's 25 years ago. And I'm where I'm at today. 25 years of nothing but Jesus, and I'm here. Add 25 years to your life. Because right now, some of you got nothing. I had an absolute commitment to Christ and it's taken 25 years to get here. I had a Jesus movement kind of like you got when I was 22. It took me until I was 37 years old. Another 15 years for me to realize that he was serious. You've been with me how long? Oh yeah, about that long. And you ain't figured out it's serious yet. You all keep just doing whatever the hell you want to keep fucking around and somehow or another you think that this ain't serious, this is just, you know, I'm going to church, the pastor's teaching all those wonderful things. Well, if, if, if this was all bringing the condemnation, you ought to be bringing, it'd be straightening you out and you'd be, you'd be, you know, Say, look, I don't want to get swatted by God no more. I don't want to be chastised by God. I don't want to straighten, get this shit going in my life. Why? I want to have a, something in my life. I want to be somebody someday. What are you going to be? Doing what you're doing. What's, what's your hope look like? What's your hope look like, Ash? What is it? We're doing right now and keep fucking up like this every so often. What, 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 what hope is there now? If every time you start to try to get right, you you have an epic failure, and then I gotta tell you, after you've been doing it for a week or two, then take another week of pouting, then another another week on top of that before you finally get dialed back in a little bit. So how much time do you get to fuck off before you figure out that, that this this is not something you wanna fuck off anymore? When do you finally make a choice that this is something that needs to change now? Right now. And it can. Why? All the shit you're carrying on has already been gone. He took it away. It has no presence in your life whatsoever. So why are you letting the, the past and your ideas of the shit that's going on come in and affect you? Unless you're contemplating doing the shit again. Romancing it in your head. Your lust out of control again. So it would be evident, evident and obvious if you seriously want to change. Got a young man who wants to change. Everybody can see it, right? Is that what your life looks like? No, not so much. Hear a lot of bullshit. A lot of talking. Got people that are Maybe finding out they're a little tired of getting their ass kicked, being stupid. They don't want to necessarily be stupid anymore. But does that mean they're better now? They're, they're, they're going to finally start doing this right? Doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. 
Because if you ain't serious about it, that ain't mean it ain't gonna happen. Just because you just because you say it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Because every time you say it, the devil comes in and proves you wrong, doesn't he? Did you think if you said it, that was something like a magic wand? You can say it out loud and that's all that matters? No, when you say it out loud, Satan's listening. And what's he do? He comes and proves you you're full of shit. He comes and says, yeah, you said that? Okay, let me throw a couple things from your past in your lap and you get all fucking frazzled again and it's over. You didn't, you didn't even bother to give it a chance. You, you, should, you should make those statements out your mouth and fully expect Satan to fuck with you. You should have your, have your, your dukes up ready to box his, box his ass going, hey, fucker, I ain't changing this time. But no, you just fall on your ass again and go, fuck, well, I tried. You didn't try shit. You ran your mouth off again. And he fucked with you like he always does, and he was victorious again and again and again because you didn't mean what the fuck you said. You're not going to get through life unless you can learn how to say what you mean and mean what you say. It's not going to happen for you. Ever. Until you become a person of honor and integrity. You've got to say what you mean and then you've got to mean that you said it. And you've got to, you've got to prepare yourself for an all-out fucking war for your soul. See, you puss out so quick, he don't even, he don't, he don't even go, he don't even got himself down. He's got some of his fucking rookies just playing with you, you know, learning the, learning the skills of the trade by fucking with you because you're easy marks. You say it and he throws it in your lap and fucks you up and then they're all, hey, I, I got him. Satan so goes, yeah, every fucking time I ever did, I did too. So good, good job. Go, go, go. No, he sends his fucking warriors after me. They ain't got a chance to do it. He said, I don't even send your whole fucking herd in here. I don't give a shit. I ain't making a different choice. But I'm not trying to make a different choice for you. I'm trying to get you to own the choice that you said you wanted to make. I'm trying to get you to listen to what the fuck you said. And I'm trying to get you to mean it. Actually become this child of God that you have a chance to become. And quit fucking around on the fringe. You don't want to be committed. Well, you're pretty committed to fucking up. So I guess the whole commitment thing's not really an issue, is it? You're just committed to all the wrong fucking things. Well, you because you're committed to your shit, guess what you're gonna have a lifetime full of? Shit. Your shit. You were bad at this, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden that committed to your way of doing this shit didn't work, you did it. No. One day you changed and realized how much you had to stop doing, how fucked up you were. See how quick it was today for the devil to come in and fuck with you? Yeah. Say, hey, you should, you know, have you, have you, have you, a little bit of doubt, and say, now you should be excited. He's just lying to you. Why the fuck should you be emotional? Don't you got to get up tomorrow and go to work? Yeah. You, didn't hit, you didn't win the lottery for a couple billion dollars, so you never have to do another thing the rest of your life, right? So no matter what, I got to keep going tomorrow, so whatever today is, today is today. It doesn't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going on tomorrow. Why? Thank you for showing up tomorrow and helping me tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow I start fresh. That one's done. And I got to realize there's a whole forest of trees out there I got to cut down. Just because I was successful at chopping a tree down. Big fucking deal. Right? Just because it took you a little longer because your axle's dull. Big deal. 
You gotta quit making shit important. That ain't important. What's important is, are you successful? Are you going to be consistent? Doing what needs to be done every day regardless. And pretty soon you start to realize, when I became consistent regardless, shit started happening on my behalf and my favor everywhere I turned. Yes, that's what God wants. He just got sick and tired of all the emotional drama. So when you got rid of the drama, he got a, he got a wide open chance to do what? Bless your socks off. All while you're in the way, can he bless you? No. All while you're disobedient, has he got anything, anything for you that's going to you know, be something you really want? going to give you a bunch of shit that you think you want. Look at all the shit you want. Look at all the shit you want, right? Look what it got you. Right? Bad enough the only way you can deal with was lying and, and manipulating and, 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 and somehow another playing this game all the time, right? Yes. What happens? Wake up one day, you don't want to play the game anymore. Everything was crashing down. Do you realize that the game that you played the first day got worse the second day, then worse the third day, then worse, and every day the ante went up. How about just the truth? See, I don't gotta, I don't gotta back up the truth. I just buried you all in truth tonight. You know what you gotta deal with? The truth. Some of you are, are further along in this process I'm trying to get you to commit to. You're actually maybe doing it more days uh, and then you're not, but I still don't see the commitment where you're doing this, period. There is no day not to do this. There's no circumstance not to do this. There's no situation that you shouldn't be doing this. And if you were to do it every day without regard to anything else, what would your life look like? Do you have any idea? Any clue? Well, that's scary to me. That you have no idea what your life's going to look like. See, I know how to make this life be the best it can be right now. Then I have to look at the life when the next thing happens. And then the next thing happens. My life has to, has to always be ready for the next thing. And the next thing. And the next thing. But I'm living this day. I'm living this day praising the Lord and thanking God and, and getting up every day and making <coughs> calls and doing the shit. I tell you, boy, I do it every day. Every day, all day. I go do the same work every time. Why? what I got to go do. Well, I've been doing it forever. I could be crying and saying, why, why don't I, can't I 